Hey, it's Mike Crockett with the cold open before the cold open. Just thanking everyone for their patience this week as we get the episode out late for the first time in the history of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the Monday episode anyway. We did record this episode on Sunday and an edit was to follow for release on Monday, but a family emergency prevented me from doing that. Thanks to everyone who's reached out, uh, checking in on uh, me and my family. Everything is good. Everything's uh, getting better. And uh, things have settled down, and I'm able to sit down here and edit this podcast. And here it is for you in all its glory, episode 163 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Here we go. Today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, Brian is back from the Pacific Northwest and back from New England Fan Fest. So we'll get into all that. Plus, we're talking pro wrestling schools, from Kowalski's to the Academy and everything in between. Right, Brawl Daddy? Can we talk about the place we came from, Mike? I'll check into that while we're running the open. Okay, then your probe on nothing is coming up and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 163, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now, he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is one half of the Bouncers. He is one half of the number one contenders for the ROH World Tag Team titles, the brawler Brian Malone. Congrats, future champ. Can you believe it? Uh, I can. Haven't you gotten... Well, you haven't got a title match yet, have you? No. You've got non-title matches. Yes, we've had non-title matches, but not... um not not any title matches so this is this is pretty exciting buddy it is it is so do we know when when are you cashing in to be determined buddy to be determined really huh you're not giving us the exclusive well i know (laughs) but you're not gonna give us the exclusive here i i cannot uh give the exclusive here Um, sworn to secrecy yeah not not yet not yet. Uh, all right. So you were in the Pacific Northwest. You did the uh, the old loop. You did Kent Washington. You did um, where did you do in uh, Oregon? Portland. In Portland proper, huh? Yes. And that is where you uh, won that. Uh, was it a gauntlet match or a four way? It was a gauntlet match, Michael. A gauntlet match. And you took home the uh, trophy. <laughs> There's no trophy. But you took home the uh, gravy. No, there's no gravy either. But you, you won. You won. <laughs> we did. We we were victorious, Michael. And you felt good about it. I did. I felt excellent about it. How were the TV tapings? TV tapings were good as well, buddy. We know we don't. You know we don't talk spoilers. Spoilers. You know we don't talk spoilers, Mike. We've never talked spoilers. If you want spoilers, they're all over the internet. Go get them yourself. But I'm not telling. Unbelievable. So uh, anything else from the Pacific Northwest you want to talk about? Perhaps stuff outside of the ring? Uh, I mean, we took in a lovely ball game at uh, T-Mobile Park. That was a lot of fun. Big contingent of uh, the Ring of Honor crew there. So that was uh, 
that was a really good time. But uh, no, I mean, I was really, really messed up from the time difference the, enti- the entire four days. I, I, I never fully adjusted, and then it was time to come back by the time I even started to adjust. So uh, I was all sorts of screwed up for a couple days there, buddy. And yeah, you were there for a little bit. It's not like the usual where you're in and out in the matter of uh, moments. You got to uh, take in the sights and sounds. Yeah, yeah. We were there for, I was there for almost like four full days. I got to get into Seattle at like 10 a.m. Seattle time on uh, Friday and then didn't leave until 3.30 p.m., you know, like West Coast time on Monday. So it was, it was a full, you know, long weekend. And what's next for Ring of Honor? Uh, we'll be, you know, me and the Bruiser will be at the uh, international TV tapings on Saturday, June 29th in Philadelphia. We, we won't be on the Best in the World pay-per-view, but, uh, ah. you know, baby steps, buddy. Baby steps. Before the end of 2019, are you going to declare that right now? You will be on pay-per-view before the end of the year? I've already declared that, buddy. Yes. Okay, so we'll be looking out for that, and we'll try to give you some warning here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, so you can go order the pay-per-view, uh, traditional pay-per-view, or you can get it on Fight TV, I think, Honor Club, right? Honor Club, yes. So you can find Tremendous it. Tremendous service, Michael. You should check it out. I should. Maybe you can uh, hook me up. Uh, come on. Don't be a scumbag. Support the product. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask Bobby Cruz if you can hook me up. <laughs> I think you should ask Bobby Cruz. I think that would be wonderful. And then please, please do it in a public forum, though, so we can all enjoy <laughs> the interaction. Well, uh, if you want to interact with the Kingpin, the best way to do that, not really, but through BrianMalotis.com. What a terrible segue, Brian, talking about your uh, <laughs> store online. Yeah, and the new Brawler Malona shirt is up there. And uh, we may have a sneak peek here. I've gotten a sneak peek, um, but I'm not quite ready to share it because I don't think the artist is uh, ready for us to share it yet. But a pretty cool design coming up uh, uh, here. And then and then you kind of got wind of uh, maybe another design <laughs> when I accidentally emailed you instead of the graphic designer I, I'm working with. Yes, well, I didn't really get any information whatsoever. Just you called me Jared, and I'm like, this probably isn't for me. <laughs> no, it's because he did the uh, uh, another logo for me that I had forwarded to you, and that was the last thing in the email chain. But uh, yeah, so working on a couple more designs uh, forthcoming for BrianMalonis.com, but there's lots of great ones up there already. So you can go there and support uh, the brawler in his various uh, projects. And the way you can support us, the wrestling podcast about nothing, is through the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. That is our hub, our home base, basically the center of the WPAN universe right there at the WPAN.com. You can find the various ways to subscribe to the wrestling podcast about nothing, all those various podcast platforms, including Spotify, and of course, the various ways you can find us on social media. All the links are right there. We're basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. Plus, there are bios of us, there are photos, and there are those hidden nudes, Brian. They're there. Full frontal. Full frontal. You have to go to the WPAN.com if you want to find the nudies. These are tasteful, too. Taste, tasteful nudes. Yeah, they, I mean, they're strategically placed uh, roses and various <laughs> things. 
you're holding you're holding uh like uh like two cantaloupes over the the front of yourself mike <laughs> something like that yeah so check out the wpan.com the wpan.com and i was talking the other day brian with uh mike mills of booking the territory and we we're talking about the website and you know that the old bda website was basically rolled into the WPAN.com. So basically, if you go to BDARadio.com, which is the website we used to plug every week on the show, it will take you to the WPAN.com. You know that, right? No, I didn't know that. That's lovely. Oh, yeah. So anyone who goes to BDARadio.com will end up at the WPAN.com. And the funny byproduct of that is that BDA Radio had a lot of uh, scantily clad MMA females on there. So I can go on to the WPAN.com and check out the search terms that people use that lead them to our website. Oh, okay. Let me let me look a couple of them up here for you. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> let me see here. We have Veronica Macedo, MMA fighter. They put that search term in. It brought them to the WPAN.com. Okay. That's, a, that's not, you know, that's pretty normal. Yeah. BB uh, Jones, bikini swimsuit. Okay. That brought them to our website for the wrestling podcast about nothing. Abby Dow's Naked. <laughs> okay, we're getting a little more uh, <laughs> a little more risque there. Pashens Marie Boobs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, Samantha Hoops Nude Ass. <laughs> All righty then. People put those search terms in to google and it brought them to the wpan.com <laughs> boy were they sorely disappointed yes the most disappointing website on the internet <laughs> is the wpan.com imagine if you were searching for uh, those <laughs> some nude pictures of those lovely ladies and you saw a full frontal of mike crockett <laughs> 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 Woo, brother <laughs> no <laughs> Even your wife would be disappointed in that. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> how many lost directions on the WPAN.com? Do you think, Mike, that uh, we ended up with any hardcore dedicated listeners after the, after the disappointment? <laughs> hardcore? No, I think they went elsewhere for the hardcore. Uh, not our website. Uh, I'm guessing probably not. But I'm uh, happy they were able to check out the website. Maybe they found something they liked. <laughs> Perhaps those nudes that we've been talking so much about. Oh, boy. Pants around their ankles all the way to go. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they stumble across, across Brawler Malonis and uh, extended hiatus Crockett. Yes. <laughs> we wish you well. <laughs> uh, so, Brian, uh, New England Fan Fest. That is the big event uh, that took place this past weekend uh, in Rhode Island, right? Indeed. That's what a New England Fan Fest 7 and the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Hall of Fame was Friday night. Did you make it to the big event? I did not make it to the uh, to the Hall of Fame. Are you sure? I heard there was someone causing a ruckus during the speeches. I figured it was you. 
<laughs> it was it was not me. Uh, I went out to dinner with the uh, APW crew, who is the crew that uh, that brought me in for the event. And then uh, I came back and uh, went and had a couple cold beverages uh, in my room by myself. Ah, all uh, right. And then and then uh, you know when the ceremony was over, I headed down to have a few more cold beverages with uh, lots of good friends. So wait, you were there the whole time, and you just kind of hid in your room. Not the whole time. I was. I, I had gotten back to the hotel. It was towards the end of the ceremony, so I didn't want to walk in, you know, at the end like an asshole. So that wouldn't have been the first disruption of the evening, from what I hear. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Rich Palladino cut quite a promo, from what I understand. I actually saw him cut the promo again on on Facebook Live. He was oh. very upset that people were yucking it up during people's uh, acceptance speeches. Yes, yes, that's. Uh, I, I I got the story firsthand uh, from Rich. Yeah, I mean it is. It's disrespectful. People are there for a specific reason. They're getting inducted. They're honoring uh, their careers. Obviously, it means something to them and and to those who attended. So, yeah, I get it. I get why he was upset. It makes it makes all the sense in the world to me. I mean, I've in the past kind of uh, made a little fun of the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, but I mean. I got to take my hat off to a guy like Joe Bruin who makes this mean something. I mean, it, it was he's, it was his creation, and you're recognized in this way. I'm sure it feels very good. I mean, I don't think it'll ever feel that way for me because I don't think I'm going to be invited, but it's okay. But no, I, I really think <laughs> Are that... You, oh, listen to this, this low-key politicking for a spot. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. You sickened me. I mean, I don't think I'll ever get in. <laughs> you disgusting piece of garbage. <laughs> I was trying oh to get you into the, uh, into the hall. Joe, Joe Bruin, who's a great guy, you're kissing his ass right now. And, and then, well, I don't know. I probably won't get in. What's wrong with you? I hope maybe uh, something will happen and then we'll actually get you into the, uh, the ceremony because you'll have to induct me, right? <laughs> if you get inducted, Mike, I'll I'll go and induct you. That that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> but I, you know, it's, it's funny. Somebody, uh, a, a fan, and actually former former student at the Chaotic Training Center, uh, you know, Anthony Belkis actually put up some nice sentiments about me getting inducted. To which Mark Sherman commented, and I told uh, so sorry, buddy. I did tell Mark Sherman that uh, when I get inducted, he can induct me. Speaking of Mark Sherman, why am I hearing from him? Why am I getting messages? Well, I from told Mark him you Sherman? were blocking him from coming on the show, which is true. I'm not blocking him from coming on the show. You don't want him on the show. That's the fact. Well, uh, let me just say that I've heard some of his appearances in the past, especially when he calls in to appear on a podcast, and it's it's not great. <laughs> I heard I heard him on Jamie's pod uh, Jamie's podcast, the Let the Chaos Begin with Rich Palladino, and it was uh, it was entertaining. They in person, he seems to do okay. But the thing is, he just talked about his whole career. Two episodes, Let the Chaos Begin podcast. Go look it up on the For the Pops Network. And I don't think there's any reason to really bring him on. From what I heard, uh, the Drunken Lost episode that they re-recorded is better than <laughs> better than the two that made it out there. But uh, that may be a secret that I revealed. <laughs> oh, really? Because, yeah, the, it is weird that they brought him back two weeks in a row rather than record everything at once. Yes, yes. So double secret. I'm sure I'll get another text message about that somewhere along the way. 
Oh, boy. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's move on from uh, Mark Sherman. He got far too much already on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, so Friday night, the ceremony concludes. You go down and you have a couple of beverages. Wasn't there some sort of event after the ceremony that was supposed to happen? <laughs> there, there, there was. There was a, uh, a comedy show with uh, – uh, and, and from what I understand, comedy show is a, you know, a, a, a loose term – but I did not. I did not go. I uh, I ended up just hanging out with a bunch of the, a uh, bunch of the fellows, bunch of bunch of guys I hadn't seen in a while. I saw Doctor Hersey, who I probably haven't seen in Jesus must be six seven years now at this point, which is kind of weird because the early part of my career I felt like I was seeing Doc every weekend. Yeah, it's been. What is he doing with himself? He kind of keeps to himself. He's not really on social media much. Michael, he's a doctor. Oh, I see. He's busy with visits and yes, uh, his examinations and surgeries and yeah, and cupping balls and all that. <laughs> yes, uh, I saw Flex Rumble Crunch, the former Sean Burke. Well, actually, I think it's the current Sean Burke. <laughs> yes, the former Rex Flex Rumble Crunch, <laughs> something like that. Yes, he didn't go to get his name changed, right? He's not legally Flex. <laughs> he might be. Oh, okay. How's he doing? He's doing great. He looks looks great. Still in good shape. He's spending millions of dollars buying toys online. <laughs> yes, uh, he's on Instagram at Flex Collects. I believe is the account where he's uh, he collects tons of things, including wrestling figures, and uh, so you can check that out. That's a very good follow. Yes, indeed. And uh, who else? I saw uh, I saw the heartthrobs who uh, were inducted into into the. Pro, in New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, I saw Sonny Goodspeed. I saw uh, Ron Zombie. hung out hung out with him for a little bit. Uh, Bobby Ocean. I'm trying not to forget people who I who I I mean I met and talked to or I saw and talked to so many people. Johnny Idol, uh, Mistress Belmont, who was inducted. Lots more. If I for, if I forgot to if if I uh, didn't mention you, please don't get mad at me. I I, I spoke to so many people, but I really enjoyed uh, Friday night just hanging out and having some some cold beverages with uh, a bunch of people who I, I really haven't seen a whole bunch of lately. So that was Friday night. Uh, so Saturday morning, that was the big day for you. You were booked to appear at the Fan Fest uh, at the APW table, correct? That's correct. So uh, the big Fan Fest, did you have the new 8x10s? I did not, Michael. I did not. Uh, you know, I kind of realized that uh, I literally don't have any room right now for more 8x10s in my uh in my little blue uh, folder between uh, all the ones I already have. So maybe I got to sell through those first before I print off some new ones. Oh, all right. So how did the Fan Fest go? How was the line? Were you able to get through it? <laughs> very funny, Michael. What? It was a very, very subtle uh, jab. Like I, I was going to go stand in line and get autographs. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I mean, people, you know, staying in line to get your autograph. Oh, I got you. I got you. I thought you were taking a jab at me. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, you know, steady stream of people. It, it opened up at nine, I think, for like VIPs or something, and it went till. Uh, I, had, I actually ended up leaving because it, 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 which I, I had heard this about this event. It kind of starts to putter out like in the middle of the afternoon. So I, I had left by about three o'clock um actually maybe a little later I, I i had packed up and left but yeah i mean it was good i got to meet a lot of a lot of great fans and you know it, it, it was cool it was the first one of those i'd ever been a part of um so i mean there's something pretty cool about uh being there and then and then surrounded by all these guys i watched as a kid and um i mean i, I failed to mention friday night uh when i was checking into my room um i, I start to make my way to the elevator and 
and walks Arn Anderson and walks Tully Blanchard and walks Barry Windham and walks JJ Dillon and they're just kind of having a conversation two feet away from me. Um, you know, so just some some things in this business are just like weird and surreal and the four horsemen having a conversation two feet away from me was uh one of those for sure. You didn't butt in? <laughs> no, 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 I um you didn't just like walk in there and just put the four fingers up. I didn't think my presence was gonna be welcome with the four horsemen. Wow. All right. So I texted you and said, uh, you better have some good interactions to talk about here on the podcast. Who did you get to sit down or, or stand there and speak with over the course of the day at the New England Fan Fest? Yeah. Well, I mean, I hate, I mean, I keep bringing us back to Friday night, but uh, definitely a pretty cool interaction on Friday night. I'm, I'm walking out of the building to head out for dinner and uh, there's, there's a, a, a limo pulled up and, uh, out of the limo gets Paul Roma, who who we'll we'll talk about Paul Roma in a little bit, and uh, out, out pops a fella who who as I'm walking past him points at me and goes, "Hey, you're Brian Malonis, right?" And starts to tell me that uh, he's seen my stuff online, uh, he's a fan of my work, and and wishes me well. And it's Mario Mancini, who uh, was an enhancement guy for WWE for a, a number of years, and somebody who I was just familiar with from from all his appearances on WWE TV. So. I geeked out for that for that a little bit, you know, like, you know, somebody who, you know, I seen on TV as a kid actually knows who the hell I am. Mario Mancini. Did you get his autograph? I did not, but I did, I did get to talk to Mario Mancini a little bit uh, on Saturday. He was telling some cool stories about uh, um, his time and uh, with, you know, with WWF in the, in the eighties. Uh, so that was, I mean, I was like a little kid with that. So that was pretty damn cool too. So Paul Roma still living that horseman lifestyle with the limo. Hey, wh- why wasn't he with the other horsemen with uh, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, uh, Barry Windham? Why wasn't he hanging out with them? You know, I think there were, there were a number of people who actually did request, uh, you know, and, and, and I did get a story. <laughs> so I hung out with Paul Roma quite a bit at the end of the day, uh, on Saturday. Uh, and he was talking about, um, you know, he was kind of blown away by the fact that a, a fan that was there, uh, like demanded that he be in the picture too, uh, with the other horsemen that were there. And the fan kind of like, Hey, I paid for a picture with the horseman. He's part of the horseman. So there were people who did want to get a picture with, with Paul Roma as part of the horseman, which I think is pretty cool. I, yeah, he was. I mean, he, a lot of people looked down on that era of the horseman, but uh, technically he was one of the members of the four horsemen. So, yeah, good for that guy to uh, put his foot down. <laughs> yes, but I uh, did get to talk with some other people. Uh, made sure I, I, I had you know spoke to Tatanka, who I'd, I've wrestled in the past, so I had a f- nice conversation with him. That was at the um, ill-fated Boston Marathon the Boston Pro Wrestling Marathon. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that uh, that matches online if you want to check out uh, Brian Malotis versus Tatanka. You want to see Tatanka give me CTE with tomahawk chops to the head? Uh, that matches online. <laughs> <laughs> Would you hand him a bill when you walked up to him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have, right? You know, it's it, it's funny. He, uh, you know, I, I, and I think I've talked about this before, but sometimes when you work like a name or whatever, and you you, you tend to go a little lighter. And even though Tatanka had told me before we wrestled, like, you know, I'm a bull. Make sure you don't go light with me because he's used to people doing it. I still did. And then he tomahawk chopped me about as hard as I've ever been hit in a pro wrestling ring on top of the head like five times, and uh, I was like, all 
all right, it's on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know, he he you know he had remembered me from our match, and we had a nice conversation. And uh, same with Bushwhacker Luke, who was there. I'd wrestled him a few years back, and you know he had remembered us us wrestling. So yeah, you know, I had a brief conversation with him. Had a nice conversation with Greg the Hammer Valentine as well, who again another guy I watched as a kid who's familiar with me and the Bruiser. Really. Yeah, he actually, he he knows the bruiser, um, so you know I talked to him and he, and he had said like because I, I went up to him, bruiser asked me to say hi to him for him and I did that and he goes oh yeah you're his partner I watched some of your guys stuff recently and this was this almost like this is almost a verbatim quote I'm like mixing it up a little bit but he goes it's nice to see some big guys on there instead of all these skinny fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that stuff is humbling though when you get guys who are bona fide legends in the business and guys that you watch as a kid and they're actually familiar with your work and you can have a conversation with them almost as like a you know like an equal like equals <laughs> like <laughs> equals <laughs> but it, but i mean it's surreal it's 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 pretty cool um you know tony atlas i saw there too um i'm, wa- I'm walking across i'm walking across the parking lot with my uh, this is saturday morning i went out to my car to get my merch and walking across the parking lot and i just i just see a car pull up and the window rolls down i just hear kid kid because that's still what tony atlas calls me even though i've known him for you know 16 year, years now and i'm almost 40 um you know he goes oh you look like jim nighthawn walking across the parking lot so, <laughs> okay and hopefully not quite like oh no forget <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you why would you even say that i'm sorry you sicken me um i i will say this on on a uh on a on a uh, on a different note, uh, Tony did mention to me that uh, uh, his wife uh, recently had, you know, has had a, a medical issue. So uh, definitely want to send well wishes to uh, you know Tony and uh, his lovely wife, and uh, you know uh, keep her and Tony in your thoughts as she, uh, you know, she recovers in the hospital right now. Uh, did want to throw that out there because I've, 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 I mean, we've all known Tony for for quite some time. And, oh yeah. Uh, Great guy, uh, somebody who, who I've enjoyed over the years, and um, I mean, really, somebody who I, I, I would consider a, a mentor, you know, over the early part of my career. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that extensively here on the podcast. The fact that he really took a liking to you and kind of took you under his wing early on. Yeah, it was very. Uh, still, still appreciative of it to this day. I mean, I got a couple more cool interactions, Mike. Uh, one is uh, I did get to talk to Chris from uh, Figures Toy Company, which uh, you know I don't want to talk about too much of our conversation because uh, you know uh, I, I did. Uh, you'll be very happy, or you should be at least, because he wants to come on. He's he's agreed to come on. We just got to schedule a time with him. Chris is behind all the all the wrestling lines for Figures Toy Company. I think he's worked there for like twenty years. Uh, he was behind some of the early Figures Toy Company wrestling figures, and uh, he's behind the ROH line. So uh, it was definitely cool to to chat him up quite a bit. And of course, um, I was asking for you know asking a million questions and trying to get out of him, you know, if if and when the, these bouncer figures are coming out. And Chris is a vault, so uh, you might have to do some Jedi mind tricks on him when, when we have him on mic to get some dirt out of him. Hmm. So you accuse me of buttering up Joe Bruin, but uh, you were lathering up Chris from Figures <laughs> Toy Company, it sounds like, for quite a while. Well, yeah, I was trying to get him on our podcast, you know, to benefit both of us. Ah, you're well, welcome. I think the yeah. words you're struggling to find are thank you. 
<laughs> well done, Kingpin. Well, we're definitely going to work that out and get Chris on the show very soon. Uh, did you talk to Gary Malcolm Capetta? He was there, GMC. Yeah, I did talk to GMC, who... He so <laughs> so this this inter- I forgot about this interaction. This interaction was tremendous. Uh, I I went up to him and I and I said I said hi Gary. Uh, I don't know if you remember me. Um, you know I trained at Chaotic. I said I actually stayed at your house one time. And he he remembered my first name. He goes Brian, right? And I said yes. And then he proceeds to spell out my last name. Oh, which oh by the way, it's on my T-shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> But he, but he asked if he cooked for us, and I said, no, you didn't cook for us, but you, you made uh, us Thanksgiving sandwiches. I think he heated up some other food, too, but because uh, I think it was like right around Thanksgiving or like right after Thanksgiving at, yeah. when we had stayed there. But yeah, we, we talked about that and some of the old days of the guys coming through. He talked about how he, enjoy, he really enjoyed that, uh, and he enjoyed getting to know so many of us, um, you know, coming and staying with him. Through all those years, you know, we'd make the trip from uh, New England down to Delaware. So it was, yeah, it was cool to talk to talk to him a little bit too. I also uh, talked with Bill Apter quite a bit. Uh, really, I did not mention the Apter mags. Good, very good. <laughs> Thank you know, good thing you warned me about that. Yes. <laughs> well, I got that through uh, our vantage point. They make sure to let me know. <laughs> yes, and uh, Bill Apter always a always a very nice guy, and he remembered uh, our our interaction at uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, and then, lastly, the- wait, wait we're, we're, remind people about the uh, interaction at Madison Square Garden. Uh, he goes something. Along, I walked by him in the in the hall, and he says something along the lines of, "Can you fucking believe this?" or something like that. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's been know, there a couple times, two or three, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but it, it just more than we, you know, we had talked for a couple minutes after about uh, somebody other than Vince <laughs> was the, the way he put it, running the garden and selling it out. So yeah, that was you know he's always very nice. Bill, after every time I've been around him, always a very nice man, always very cordial, always has time to to talk wrestling. So very cool. And then Mike, I'll, I'll get into I'll get into uh, probably the most entertaining or most interesting story I had from my interactions uh, this weekend, uh, and that was with uh, one pretty Paul Roma. Paul Romeo Roma. <laughs> yes, uh, of pretty wonderful uh, and power and glory and of four course horsemen. Well, uh, the uh, aforementioned four horsemen. Yes. You know, I went up kind of, you know, I, this is, I was getting ready to walk out uh, in, and I just kind of was making my rounds to the people I knew. And I just kind of, you know, bumped into him. I'd seen him you know, over the course of the couple days, but uh, hadn't conversed with him. And I introduced myself and kind of mentioned that I, you know, I knew Richard Holiday, who he trained. Um, then I just kind of went into it. I told him that, uh, you know, uh, he's, he wasn't familiar with who I was. So kind of explained that I work for Ring of Honor. I'm in a tag team with another guy who's north of 300 pounds and that we use the Powerplex for, <laughs> for our finisher. And he goes, I have to fucking see this. <laughs> um, to which, of course, I couldn't find a clip of it in, the, in that moment. So somebody who knows him that was also there said, I'll find it and send it to you. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm anxious to, uh, you know, after he does see it, interested to hear his reaction. That's funny. I, I had, that's funny. I had forgotten about that. that you yeah. stole you. Pilfered his finish. <laughs> yes. Um, he, he did. He did. He did make sure to put over that. He goes, well, the other guy jump when when you're still in the air after I said, or or when the guy lands, and I said, well, after after the landing, and he goes, I did it when they were in the air. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. <laughs> um, so I then proceeded to say to him exactly like this: 
Boy, did I fucking hate you as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you didn't like the Young Stallions? <laughs> I was more of a Jim Powers guy. <laughs> oh, I see. Understood. I did not like... Uh, I mean, we've talked about my disdain for the Mighty Hercules. Um, yes. On this on this podcast before. Um so I was not a Power and Glory fan. I did not like him in WCW. I was not a Paul Roma fan in any way, shape, or form. So, so uh, you know, he, I think he got a I think he got a kick out of me telling him that. Uh, so you disliked the character of Paul Roma. You didn't dislike the man, right? Well, no, I didn't. You didn't know the man. I don't know the man. No, and that and then certainly wasn't a day in an age where I, I was breaking down match quality or work rate or any of that baloney you know like you know it wasn't like i was nine years old going you know paul roma's work rate uh yeah i I disliked paul roma's character but uh yeah i just i got a kick out of telling them that and we talked probably for i said i'd say good 30 minutes i actually think there's a picture a couple people have posted pictures of of the conversation um online on facebook you can see at least pictures of that conversation. I, I don't think anybody was recording the content of the conversation. I hope not, at least. Yeah, least of which you, who is part of a wrestling podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't. I didn't a- a- ask him, and you know, I, you know, and I, I, I did say to him that because uh, because I, I felt like a complete, you know, you know, I was just marking out completely. Um, I said, I said, well, we're all, you know, we're all big fans at heart, and uh, and he goes, not me. And I go, what? <laughs> He's like, I didn't grow. So apparently, Paul Roma did not grow up watching pro wrestling and kind of got discovered because of his look. So he kind of, you know, and we don't have to rehash it on on here, but uh, you know, gave me the whole story of how he how he broke in, and uh, I was just, I was, you know, I was like a little kid listening because I mean, I didn't like, you know, I wasn't a Paul Roma fan as a kid, but it's just cool to hear stories from uh, from that era. And again, this is one of those those moments, you know, that is surreal. In that, you know, here's this guy I saw as as a kid, and here I am just having a having a conversation with him about his start, and you know, wrestling is uh, kind of crazy that way. And after I left, uh, there was a few of us that went out to lunch, and Paul Roma came in too, and I talked to him probably for another half hour, forty minutes at uh, at lunch as well. So very cool, uh, very very nice guy. Uh, he, you know, we'll we'll actually get into it probably a little bit um, that he does have a school and a promotion. Him and Mario Mancini run Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling down in Connecticut. And again, he's not familiar with me, but uh, said he wants me to send him some stuff. You know, maybe maybe some bookings coming in the future. You never know. Um, but uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed listening to the stories, and I could have. I mean, we talked about everything from merchandising to what the contracts were like in the day, and it was just you know just a lot of fun just a real lot of fun to do that so hey who knows maybe maybe now maybe we can have paul on sometime mike you never know yeah you never know i mean it seems like he's definitely sounds like a nice guy especially considering that you didn't ask permission you didn't look for his blessing for doing his finishing move the powerplex you just kind of told him (laughs) hey i stole this from you (laughs) yes i'm surprised Um, he didn't spit in your face no, he's a nice man. He's not you. He's not a piece of oh. he's not a piece of human garbage like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's he's a great guy. I I I could have you know I, I had a two hour drive ahead of me and I I wanted to get home to see the kiddos, but uh, I could have um, you know I'm sure he probably was happy when I left <laughs> because he's probably like <laughs> Jesus this freaking guy <laughs> like, can't um, get away from him. <laughs> yeah, um, but I could have talked wrestling with him all night. You know I. I had a blast. 
Um, and that's like the little kid coming out of me. Those are the moments that are still very cool uh, in pro wrestling. And uh, I don't I don't know how he felt about it, you know, or whatever. But uh, all these years later, to you know, all that remembering all that stuff and. It still means something. <laughs> I said. I said to him, "Still not over the visionaries uh, being the survivors at Survivor Series," and uh, and he said, "Man, you got to get over this shit." <laughs> I said, "Never." <laughs> so, uh, how was the experience overall when you're uh, making that two-hour drive home? What were you thinking about the whole uh, New England Fan Fest experience? I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, Joe Bruin does a great job putting it all together. Um, I, I mean, I think above all else, it was fun just you know having those sorts of interactions and uh, being able to see a lot of a lot of friends I don't get to see regularly anymore. So it was a it was a really you know it was a really great experience um, and and something you know definitely hopefully I can uh, take part in it again next year. I'd love to be a part of it uh, next year as well. Were you intimidated at all being amongst you know these legends? You're still in your prime, uh, still a part of a national wrestling company. Were you like a little weirded out the fact that you were kind of among a lot of uh, big names in the past? Well, you almost feel like a little silly, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, here I am, and, and I mean, there were there were. I mean, I you know, I did well. <laughs> I mean, there was a uh, you know a, a lot of people there that you know follow the Ring of Honor product and. Uh, were very familiar with me and and uh, yeah there was quite a few people upset the bruiser wasn't there with me um, you know yeah I mean you do you, do, you feel a little silly though because I mean who the hell am I and then I'm you know I'm next to you know five feet away from me is two guys who went to the Hall of Fame this year the honky tonk man and and beefcake and you know there's Bushwhacker Luke oh by the way another Hall of Famer and Greg Valentine oh by the way another Hall of Famer and two more guys who should be in the hall of fame demolition <laughs> and then there's tony atlas and paul roma and mario mancini down there and kelly kelly was there and in the four and then the, the freaking four horsemen so yeah i mean I, I was at the bottom of the totem pole here buddy <laughs> but you managed to make a couple shekels out of the whole deal yeah i made a couple couple beans the kids can eat this week so <laughs> not too bad so uh you'll be there next year to induct me right <laughs> yes i'm, I'm gonna I'm, uh, i'll call in a favor for you mike oh jesus uh no I, i'm gonna refuse any induction into the new england pressing hall of fame why would you, that's not nice you lobby for it and now now i'm not know. lobbying for anything brian oh you're a liar <laughs> you are a liar no it's funny I, I, like i mentioned uh somebody online had said said something about me going in and uh my response to that was i I, I'm not ready for the Hall of Fame thing yet. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, to to me. Uh, you know, and, and and people do go in while they're still active. Uh, you know, there's a number of guys who are still actively wrestling uh, who went in. But for for me, personal, you know, and if I would, you know, if I was, uh, you know, ever to be asked, uh, it would have to be long after my wrestling days are done. All right. Well, uh, I guess they'll put you in the docket for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, we want your feedback, folks. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on Brian's thoughts about New England Fan Fest, and our upcoming discussion about wrestling schools. Use the hashtag WPAN, or even better, call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That number, once again, 401-584-WPAN. Get your voice on this show. Ask us a question. Make a comment. Anything you want, call that voicemail line, 401 401- 
584-9726. Before we talk about pro wrestling schools, let's talk about booking the territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Hardbody Harper, and Doc Turner. They do two podcasts a week, Sundays and Thursdays. They're talking about all sorts of old school wrestling, Smoky Mountain, the old Jim Crockett NWA. It's all over there on booking the territory, mikemills.podbean.com for everything you need to know about booking the territory. And then there's our vantage point, of course, our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast with little Joe Murata and Big Mike Quinn over there on ovppodcast.com. Go check out that website for more on our vantage point, a great new season where they're talking about the best and worst intercontinental champions. That is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. It's a great segment. Check out our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast and PW. Peter Winston hosts the show known as Greetings from Allentown. He talks about one single episode of wrestling television, weaves in all sorts of stories about cats, about, I'm sure he's going to have plenty to say about the Bruins, BU, all sorts of things, anything but wrestling. But in the end, he brings it back to the sport of professional wrestling. Greetings from Allentown is on his own feed or the Pro Wrestling Only feed on Place to Be Nation. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. They have a whole network there. Go to rundownwrestling.com for more on the Rundown Wrestling Network and enjoy. Brian, pro wrestling schools. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Is there yeah. not? <laughs> I mean, over, I mean, I guess, you know, my idea for this was one, talk about our experiences and, you know, where we came from, but then also talk about just, you know, all the wrestling schools that exist or have been around over the last 20 or so years that, that we've been around. And holy shit. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I didn't miss a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the two that I remember hearing about back in the day, like before I was, uh, before I even knew what independent wrestling was, the two schools that I would hear about, I'd see in the Aptor mags, forgive me, Bill Aptor, but I'd hear about the Monster Factory and I'd hear about Kirill Kowalski's Institute of Pro Wrestling. Uh, those were the two big ones. And I think those are basically two of the first because I went and looked up uh, what they say about the Monster Factory and they consider themselves to be the first publicly available professional wrestling school. I guess before that, you know, it's like invite only. You had to kind of be let into the secret society, if you will. Uh, so to be more private training sessions. But the Monster Factory was open to everybody. And they... So they're to blame? I guess so, yes. So in 1983, Larry Sharp, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp, opened the Monster Factory with Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, former WWWF champion. 83, they say they're the first publicly available, but from what I understand, I mean, Killer Kowalski retired in 1977. And pretty soon after, he started his school, and Big John Studd was his first star pupil, and he actually ended up teaming with Studd in the WWWF and won the tag team titles as the Executioners. So, I mean, that is very early 80s, I believe, if not late 70s. I mean, I think Kirk Walsh might have been around even before the Monster Factory. What do you think? Uh, I know, Yeah, I always thought late 70s for, you know, Walter's school, but I don't, I don't, I can't tell you that I know with any... Uh, you know, with any certainty, when it became public, I, I guess, you know, I don't know how he found students initially. So, um, I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, who invented music in pro wrestling? Who, in, you know, who, who invented different holds? Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, right? <laughs> yes. You know, I think there's always, um, there's always going to be claims in pro wrestling on, uh, 
who started what and who invented what. But, uh, I mean, two, obviously, of the most reputable schools in the history of the business. And without question, Kowalski's was the first, especially in New England. Any school that we're going to talk about here today in New England can be traced back to Killer Kowalski's Institute of Professional Wrestling, which had a home in Salem, Massachusetts, in Malden, Massachusetts, and then ended up uh, as part of the Chaotic Training Center in North Andover, Massachusetts. And uh, still some lineage there in terms of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think that that's New England Pro Wrestling Academy is right in the Kowalski lineage. And I guess you could probably throw it in the Steve Bradley, you know, lineage as well with Brian there and owning it. And so it's, it's kind of cool how those two legacies have now merged into one, I guess. Yeah. So when you started training, Brian, you went to the Chaotic Training Center. What else was out there? Yeah, I mean, there was Kowalski's school that still existed in Malden. I know uh, Mike Hollow was the, was the head trainer that had left to start the Chaotic Training Center with Jamie and uh, his partners over at Chaotic. But uh, Kowalski's still existed, and, and Wagner Brown, Slick Wagner Brown, took it over um, as a trainer. Uh, I do know that. Um, and at, at that time, those were, you know, when I f- first, first started, those were the only real two that I that I knew of in the area. You know, of which, I mean, you want to talk about um, who's who in <laughs> New England indie wrestling over the last couple of decades. I mean, if you started and stopped with just the list of guys from the CTC and, and then, you know, Kowalski's under Wagner, man, that's that's a pretty good list. How do you want to do this, Mike? Do you want to, do we want to delve into our experiences maybe first at the CTC and then branch out? Yeah. I mean, oh, I guess, I mean, your experience at the CTC or I seem to remember you learning how to take bumps and yellow knee pads on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I covered your entire history as, as a pro wrestling student at the CTC. That's true, basically, because when I started in the ring as a referee, I was essentially untrained. Uh, I was kind of thrown in there. And it wasn't until years later, after the fact, after I started refereeing at at the Chaotic Training Center that I said, I want to be more well-rounded. I want to learn more. I want to learn all I can learn about, you know, you can only get better through learning. So I go to the Chaotic Training Center and I would, uh, yeah, learn basic bumps, learn basic, uh, you know, exchanging of holds, do some, you know, chain wrestling and stuff like that. And I went to the Chaotic Training Center to kind of uh, up my game a bit in the uh, early 2000s. You being untrained or, or making that revelation here explains a lot over the years. What is what? What is this not a revelation? I've said that before. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to be entertaining, Mike. Do do you oh. want to squash me by the rest of the time too, as I try to entertain the folks that listen to this podcast? That's what I do. That's what I do best. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, my experience there is also uh, uh, obviously a little more uh, extensive, and I think we've talked about it pretty in depth. You know, the CTC and um, I guess some of the disputes over the happenings there. But uh, I mean, I mean, really, when you talk about schools in this area and the and the talent um, that it produced, and and obviously, I'm going to be completely biased here. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a school that has produced more you know over the last couple decades in new england uh than the chaotic training center and and so somebody can tell jamie i did put over his facility uh, somebody <laughs> could relay that to him because he says he's not listening anymore um <laughs> but Brian, I mean, you're not helping the uh relations here <laughs> 
Uh, how? I'm putting it over. There's no way to take anything negative about that. Uh, uh. You know, <laughs> when you, you know, when you talk about the the talent that has been produced there, when you think about the people in major companies right now, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, our buddy. Warbeard Hanson, Handsome Johnny, uh, slash Ivar now, to add yes. to his many monikers uh, of the Viking Raiders. Uh, Oni Lorcan, slash Biff Busick. You know, Sasha Banks, slash Mercedes KV. Dominic Dijakovic. How do you say it, Mike? Dijakovic. Well, he, I guess he is the... He's the, the later on... Yeah, he's lineage. more he's uh, more exclusive Brian Fury. Yes, um... Tommaso Ciampa, you haven't, you haven't Tommaso mentioned. Tommaso Ciampa, uh, the WWE champion, Kofi Kingston. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, almost failed to mention him. Max Bauer, who was with WWE before getting injured. Um, Billy Kryptonite. Billy Kryptonite, who was with <laughs> WWE. Brian Black, who started elsewhere, but did end up kind of getting finishing school at the, at the CTC and ended up getting signed. He was later Palmer Cannon. You know, you got... Hurricane John Walters, who didn't make it to WWE, but it should certainly have. wasn't for lack of talent. Yeah, he absolutely should have been there. If, if if it were now, if things were like the the way they are now, he he would he would have been there. But he was uh, an original Ring of Honor guy, helped build that company. Just unbelievable. Listen, and I guess he, you know, him, John. You can argue that he was. Uh, I mean, he's Mike Hollows all the way, but uh, he did start at the original Kowalski's. So there's just some of the lineages that do get mixed up when it comes to, in terms of guys. But uh, again, I think you'd be hard pressed to find another school that has just produced the the level of talent um, that the Catholic Training Center produced. And oh, and oh, by the way, you know, let's not forget about guys like uh, Vince Vicalo, Chase Del Monte, the Logan brothers. You know, who are all just really great guys who should have gotten chances somewhere uh, along the way. Just unbelievable list, huh? Yeah, it's. Uh, Todd Sinclair. How do we forget Todd Sinclair? How did we forget Todd Sinclair? <laughs> yeah. Rivaling the CTC, not only with promotions, with the Chaotic Wrestling and WFA, but the Chaotic Training Center and the Top Rope Pro Wrestling Academy run by Steve Bradley. They have uh, quite a extensive list of talent as well that came through Steve Bradley's school. Yeah, and you know, you know, but so I think, I feel like, you know, and this is not this is not does not mean this to be a knock if it comes across weird, but I I feel like guys they train from scratch. Um, you know, I was trying to think of like people that Bradley had trained like who you know from from scratch and and before getting into the lineage and some of the other guys that maybe started elsewhere. But the the list I kind of came up with were were Brandon Locke and Scott Reed, and I, and I guess I don't know. I don't know, I guess, uh, at least not off the top of my head, others who may have been trained from scratch by Steve Bradley in that school. And Tanya Lee, who had some success in the uh, female okay. ranks. What about Big Scott? Was Big Scott uh, Max yep. Smashmaster? Was he a Yep, day Bradley one and uh, Steve Bradley's, yep. Okay, very cool. But the, there's so many guys that he helped with finishing school, really, essentially. You know, you talk about, uh, I mean, Al, I know, gives, um, Alex Arion gives, Steve, a tremendous amount of credit. Brian Fury, obviously our good friend, our good friend Brian Fury. Nikki Rocks, Mike Canella slash Mike Bennett. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yes. Um, you know, gives Steve uh, a tremendous amount of credit, even though he was originally broken in by Brutal Bob, I believe. Yes. Um, you get him. I know Tarzan gives Steve a, a tremendous amount of credit. Um, yeah, Bob Evans. Uh, Bob Evans. We should mention that he had a school for a while, Slam Tech, and Tarzan and Brian Fury came from uh, 
Jeff Costa's Lobster Man School uh, in conjunction with Ringside Wrestling. So uh, yeah, there's a, a ton of guys that came to Bradley's from other places and really uh, upped their game through uh, the Top Rope Wrestling Academy. Yeah, I, I mean, again, lots of lots of people who came through and just got that, you know, and you kind of need that. You need some point to get polished up, uh, and and certainly, uh, certainly, Steve was able to do that for uh, a number of you know a number of guys. Antonio Thomas is another one, yep. um, who who you know didn't start with Steve, but uh, you know gives him a tremendous amount of credit and did a lot of stuff with him. Um, which I guess we're going to talk Antonio Thomas for a second. I mean, let's bring up probably you know one of the lesser known schools, but one that that's produced like a decent amount of people, and that's Kevin Landry's school. Yeah, um, Western Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, you don't hear a lot about about Kevin Landry, but uh, you know Antonio Thomas. I believe Johnny Heartbreaker, uh, you know, slash Romeo Roselli came from there. I believe that's where Fandango came from, or, or maybe he found his way there at some point. Um, I mean, Mikazi, um, yeah. uh, a, a guy who you know he he's, he has a job with WWE now, but uh, certainly his in ring performance, he he could have absolutely been an in ring performer for WWE, no doubt in my mind with yeah. that. Um, so I mean, Kevin Landry has has produced a Sean Burke, uh, another guy produced from the Kevin Landry school. You know, just produced a tremendous amount of talent. And I guess we really have to mention if we're talking. Uh if we're talking out west, we should talk down south as well at Top Rope Promotions. Uh, not to be confused with the Top Rope Wrestling Academy, which was Steve Bradley, but Top Rope Promotions, I believe, for a time it was called The Lockup, and it was run by Spike Dudley, former ECW star, uh, Ryan Drew as well, a.k.a. Ryan Waters. A lot of guys out of there, most notably Matt Taven, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the kingdom. <laughs> Matt, Matt Taven, TK Ryan, Vinny Marcellia, you know, all three of them from that school. I mean, you're talking about a school that actually, and I, I don't know who did the training before Spike Dudley, but I, but I, you know, I'm pretty sure like a guy like Rick Fuller started down in that area mm-hmm. with that school. That may be the longest running independent promotion in New England. Top Row Promotions, the former Yankee Pro. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, they've been around. They've been around forever. And um, you know, I think of like a you know a current guy that uh, is really good and somebody who should be out there getting more places than he, than he currently is, and that's Teddy Goods. Uh, he's out of that school. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we're. I mean, how many schools deep here so so far? And we haven't really got to the modern day yet. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we haven't even scratched the the surface here, really. I mean, because Uh, if we're going from the lockup with Spike Dudley, and you talked about the kingdom, the kingdom essentially has their own school down there now. They do, yeah. They're they're with XWA now, down in the Rhode Island area. Actually, it was the school is like ten minutes from where the fan fest was. Oh, really? Yeah, um, but yeah, they they have a school now. You know, you I, I don't know particularly. You know, it's so funny. I'm not as plugged in as I used to be with local uh, independent wrestling. I'm just not working the the abundance of companies that I once did. So I'm not I'm not sure kind of who comes from where these days. But um, you know, I do know they have their own school. Yeah, Brian, you don't have the Bernie Hammer to go look at for all the latest news, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I guess if we're t- you know we're talking before we get into you know modern day, I mean, um, some of the different people around that have trained people. I mean, Tony Atlas was training people for a while up in Maine. He didn't have a school per se, right? No, he would do it. I think like before shows, 
but Luke Robinson, who was on you know the most recent season, I, th- I believe of Tough Enough, uh, or maybe maybe not the most recent. But the, the, I think it's the, the first season of the of the revival of Tough Enough. Yeah. Yes. So he uh, he he came from there, and then I know Larry Huntley um, has been training people for years up in Maine as well. So I mean, there's just so it, it, see how this gets like starts to get crazy. I mean, Richard Byrne, uh, he broke off from Kowalski, and I believe Tony Roy might have been the head trainer there, and they were affiliated with Big Time Wrestling. So you just got all these, all these different schools, and like you had said, Mike, a lot of it does trace back to Kowalski at some point. I mean, I miss maybe the one that probably doesn't i suppose is maybe the landry school because i believe kevin landry was actually trained by paul roma and i discovered that this week or i was i learned that this weekend yes it all comes Um, back to paul roma it does come back in his limo (laughs) um it's funny that he actually mentioned that he mentioned kevin landry and that he trained him this weekend but yeah everybody kind of traces back to to killer kowalski's So I know you have taken part in some seminars at the school that's affiliated with Atlantic Pro Wrestling, right? Yeah. uh, So, yeah, we want to start talking some modern schools. Atlantic Atlantic Pro Wrestling has a facility. um, I believe it's in Salisbury these days. I haven't been by the new place, but Luis Ortiz is, I believe, the the head trainer over there. And Mike King slash Apocalypse uh, also does training over there. Setherin. You know, he does training over there as well. I know Mike Hollow was involved, I believe, one day a week at some point over there. So, uh, but yeah, they have a, they have a facility there, and and from what I understand, it's a nice place, and they got a good amount of students. Um, then you get the Bell Time Club. Yes, which is, uh, that's Bo Douglas. You know, runs that. Kowalski guy. Yeah, it was originally opened by Jason Rumble. Uh, another another Kowalski guy. They put on the shows with Dante Luna, and and they're doing the Fenway show. And you are booked in Fenway again this year, I hear. I am indeed. I mean, I guess you're going to stay away this year. I don't know. Maybe you can bring the fam. <laughs> Maybe I can. I think your family would have a lovely time there, Michael. That's quite possible. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Maybe can you- I'll bring the kiddos this year. Can you call me? <laughs> well, you going to work? <laughs> Well, um, maybe. You lazy freeloading prick. <laughs> Come on. This would be a great opportunity for your son to see you do something. <laughs> rather than sit around stuffing your face. <laughs> Jesus, do something. Um, Give the kid a reason to respect you, Mike. Holy Moses. You piece of garbage. Um, so, the, the, yeah, the Bell Time Club has been around for a while. It's been around, like, it's got to be 10 years at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... Because I know least. that that at Mercedes, least. Sasha Banks, had some of her first matches for the Bell Time Club's old promotion, VCW. Yeah, uh, it, it's been, uh, yeah, Jesus. It's been around for at least 10 years. At, yeah. At, I think at least, maybe maybe even longer. At it's this moved point. around a little bit. It was in Everett at one point. I believe it's in Wakefield now, my hometown, actually. Yes, you are you are correct. Yeah, it's at a few locations, but it's consistently been around and, you know, um, uh, has consistently produced students who, who all work regularly in the area. You know, then you got, you do got, we mentioned the XWA school, but, um, you know, and, and we mentioned it not in this segment, but earlier, uh, down in Connecticut, there are, there are a couple schools, one of which run by, uh, Paul Roma and Mario Mancini, uh, PAPW. Uh, they produce Richard Holiday. That's where, that's where Richard Holiday is out of. Who is, and in. he's on MLW now. You can see him there. Yeah, indeed. I was just going to mention that before you cut me off. Okay. Um, but <laughs> a school you don't hear about a ton, but from, you know, kind of noteworthiness from the head trainer, 
one that that probably more people should know about, and that's Team 3D Academy in Connecticut. Bubba Ray Dudley, of course, is there. What are you talking about? No, there's there. See what I mean? Exactly. So there is a facility run by Bubba Ray in Connecticut. You're kidding me. Nope. Is it affiliated with a promotion? Uh, I do not officially. No, I, I know that um, you know Northeast Wrestling does use some of the students from there, but it's no, it's just it's a standalone school and uh, it's in Connecticut. They do have a location in Florida as well. Huh? Crazy, right? Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Limitless Wrestling has a, has a school too uh, up in Maine. Like it's, you know, the, the amount of pro wrestling schools currently and over the last twenty years in New England is just insane like <laughs> like when i was making this list and kind of compiling the uh you know the guys who have um who have come from these different schools uh, i was just blown away at the abundance and not only that but there's a lot of quality in there too it's not like there's one really good one and a bunch of shit like there's actually a good amount of quality schools over the years and still out there and you mentioned you mentioned Antonio Thomas. You'd seen him at the New England Fan Fest. Is he still operating a school? I don't believe so. I, I I don't I don't know that with any certainty. But I don't I don't believe he is still um, operating a wrestling school at this point. He was training people for a while, and I think actually yeah, he kind of took over first Landry, I believe, or, or it was Kevin Landry's school still, but but Antonio had taken it over. Oh, I thought there was like some sort of rivalry between the two. I thought. Maybe now, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe Brad Hollister can clear that up. I know he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he wants to answer this question on Twitter. <laughs> Let us know, Big Bacon. Um, and yeah, actually, Antonio, uh, you could see him training in one of the Colt Cabana um, documentaries that he put out, the Wrestling Road Diaries, Cabana, and I believe. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, visit his uh, training facility at the time. Oh, very cool. I mean, again, though, but you're, you're talking just like another – the amount of quality that has kind of come out of the New England area that you're looking at and you're wondering why there's been so many people from the New England area who have broken through and gotten jobs, and it's really this. This is the reason why. There's just a number of quality places to train, quality resources, and and – quality information which is important look no further than this for the reason why you know new england has been a hotbed in independent wrestling and has produced so many guys who have gone on to get jobs with major companies and we'll mention again the new england pro wrestling academy which came from the chaotic training center which essentially came from killer kowalski's and you mentioned dominic derjakovic he is uh yes a through and through brian fury guy at the new england pro wrestling academy and they're doing uh amazing things over there just uh, really just pumping out talent that's uh basically taking over new england and now taking over the world did you mention flip gordon mike I didn't. We haven't even mentioned Flip yet, who who is, uh, you want to talk about taking over the world. You know, he's he's doing great and out there and Brian's doing a great job. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think I recently again came, I was cleaning out some old, uh, my, my email, my saved emails were getting really full. So I had to go clean some out and came across, uh, I guess, technically my resignation email as the head trainer of uh, the Chaotic Training Center. And I actually mentioned in that email how I felt I, I felt comfortable stepping away at this point because Brian was there. So, you know, he's obviously doing a, a great job and further enhancing his, his legacy in pro wrestling. 
which is basically uh, as a student of Steve Bradley. Anyone who trained with Steve Bradley uh, will tell you that Brian Fury is like basically the second coming of uh, Steve Bradley. <laughs> well, I, I don't have any firsthand uh, knowledge, but I have heard stories. Yes. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, uh, everything that's going on with the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And, yes, if you need training, there are a wealth of places where you can go to get uh, top flight pro wrestling uh, training there. Yeah, and if any, any school wants to pay uh, the WPA in a nominal fee, we'll be happy to recommend you. <laughs> well, the, I know you're a man of integrity, Mike. You don't, you're only going to encourage people to go to your friend's school, but uh, I'm a man of uh, material. <laughs> no, people can uh, you know go to my Venmo and uh, slip me a couple bucks, couple beans. <laughs> yes, I've got a price. Uh, so yeah, everybody's got a price. Exactly. <laughs> that was piss poor. <laughs> trying to keep it down the kids going to sleep oh, uh, boy. well at least you didn't have to whisper through the opening this week <laughs> all right so uh, yeah that was that was fun brian talking about pro wrestling schools let us know out there if you have any questions or more information on uh, professional wrestling schools in new england at the wpan on twitter you can email me why not mike at the wpan.com we'll uh chat back with you and we'll talk wrestling schools online and we'll continue the conversation all right brian it's time for this week's promo but nothing but before we get into that you are hitting the highways and byways and airways crisscrossing this great nation of ours plying your trade as a professional wrestler and you got dates i do mike and this friday night i return home to chaotic wrestling for the chaotic countdown it's official now they've released the promo uh, that i recorded in the pacific northwest um <laughs> but i am in the chaotic countdown mike and if i win it i'll get the chance to go challenge for my fourth chaotic wrestling heavyweight championship i said it i said it online i'm coming home and i'm and i'm on a mission so come out to chaotic wrestling this friday night go to chaoticwrestling.com for full tickets and information i believe that is in lowell massachusetts Michael? Yes. I was asking you to confirm, but apparently you're not going to. Uh, yes, I believe it. <laughs> I said it's yes okay. because it, it is in Lowell. It is in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes. I, I, I know that. <laughs> do you now? Uh, I do, Mike. And then I return to action on Saturday night, June the 29th, this time in the city of brotherly love. Not the city of brother love, but the city of brotherly <laughs> love. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which I will be going to Tony Luke's beforehand to get a nice cheesesteak. And then me and the Beer City Bruiser <laughs> will be fighting somebody. I don't know who yet, but uh, we'll be taking part in the Best in the World television tapings on Saturday night, uh, June the 29th. And that is at the old ECW Arena, which Mike said was a net negative on the pro wrestling industry. Um, <laughs> not, not the facility, no. just the no, action no, that went on the in there. Uh, the 2300 Arena, rhwrestling.com for full uh, for full ticket and card information. Uh, still can't announce a July date that I have in a new state. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I will be returning on July 13th to Brew City Wrestling out in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. I said it right, Mike. There you go. So I will be returning out there. Uh, and then on July 20th, this is a, f a Saturday night, excuse me, Ring of Honor television taping at the Manhattan Center, the Hammerstein Ballroom. Very cool. Always to wrestle in New York City. Uh, I wrestled across the street just a couple months ago. I don't know if you've ever heard of the place. It's called Madison Square Garden. I have indeed. I was there. <laughs> you were present. You were there. And accounted for. And speaking of being there, Mike, I got a question. Mm -hmm. Will you be there on Sunday night? 
July the 21st at the Low Memorial Auditorium when Ring of Honor returns to the New England area. Wait, it's a Sunday night? It's a Sunday night. I'm going to be editing the podcast. Holy shit. <laughs> You're such a piece of garbage. Yeah, Why would you come out and support your friends? I'm supporting you through getting your weekly podcast out there to the world. Get the damn podcast recorded early and come to the damn show. Tell the wife to she has to watch the kid for the night and you're coming to see your buddies wrestle. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> what does that mean? Be a man. <laughs> I what if I wanna? That's probably probably politically incorrect in 2019 to say, <laughs> but come see us, Mike, and, and everybody should come see us on July 21st. That's a Sunday night at the Low Memorial Auditorium. It will also stream live on Honor Club if you uh, are not in the New England area, but if you are in the New England area, no excuses. Get your ass there. Uh, lots of New England-based talent uh, that gets to come home and perform on the big stage in, in front of the fans that support us for so many years. I mean, myself, TK Orion, Vinny Marcellia, Todd Sinclair, the world champion Matt Taven, Flip Gordon, all of us who cut our teeth in the New England area, come out and support us, please. Uh, and we'll stop there, Mike. I feel like we're going long. Are we going long? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, okay, if you want to book the kingpin, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. It is promo about nothing time, Brian, and it is the year 2000. The year 2000. And we're heading back to WCW, World Championship Wrestling. And Brian, we've seen the subjects of this promo before on the promo about nothing, but uh, I'd ask you to guess, but you're never going to get it. Mean Gene Okerlund is standing by with Pamela Paul shock and Howard Stern's whack pack. Yeah. It's crackhead Bob there. He is among many others, which we'll find out when you listen to this promo about nothing. All right, Gene Okerlund back here with the lovely Pamela Paulshock. Is that a beaver coat? No, it's, it's fake. You've got to be kidding me. Probably want to know why we're here. Tonight is going to be the first ever WCW bikini competition, and we will crown a winner, thank goodness, to the help of our judges. These are the members of Howard Stern's Quack Pack, and they will be judging the competition later tonight here at Nitro. Hank the angry yes war. Yeah, all right. I'd really love to see Pamela naked. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very, very good. And Crackhead Bob, you are uh, going to be judging this. You've got a keen eye for the ladies. Oh, yeah. I'm Bob, and uh, I'm going to do it. And don't to talk. I did it. Not nice. They call you high-pitched hearing. Why? Because of my voice. I'm here to see Pam, and it's my first time here. Thank you very much. And of course, Fred the Elephant Boy, you've been looking forward to this all day. Uh, Ben, you look jewelry. Let me warm you up. Thank you very much. And Beetlejuice, save the best for last, young man. Well, I say for the ladies, Rashad. All right, they're going to be the judges, as you know, for the WCW first ever bikini contest coming up later on. Well, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What the hell is this? Too easy, baby. Too easy. Yeah. This is the typical horseshoe we have to put up with every week. The thing is this, you got a bunch of freaks out here you're interviewing. I got genetic freaks. My boys just won That's the World like, Tag Team Champions tonight. Champion. There you go. All right. yeah. and you're interviewing these guys and not my guys? Yeah. I got the future of the business with me, and you're wasting time with these guys. Yeah, right. 
Typical adult. Hey guys, listen, I'm wasting time. Right here. I don't know. This might wear off on you guys. I do want to say one thing. Felix, it's nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very sarcastic. So that was Kevin Nash that came in there in the end with the, was it the Natural Born Thrillers, that group of uh, young guys, which I don't understand. I remember that where he was kind of leading those guys around, but uh, did he say horseshit? He did, and, and there's a lot about that late era of WCW I don't remember, and nobody remembers, Mike, because nobody watched it. Yeah, that's... I, I was completely uh, baffled by that one. But let's get back to the Whack Pack. We, we, I mentioned we've seen them before uh, when the Jackal interviewed a few members of the Whack Pack on uh, an episode of Raw, I believe. And that was a complete train wreck. But here, kind of Gene Oakland, ever the professional, just kind of kept them in check. I'm sure he got them to do their one little phrase and kind of went around the horn. It really didn't... Uh, completely fall apart like the one where the jackal did it really didn't entertain is that what you're is that what you're saying well no i, I think it was fine right i mean i maybe i'm no, stupid <laughs> you expect that you I mean but I, you know you know what though when when you're interviewing you know the these guys and they're called the whack pack and they're from the howard stern show you're expecting i think it to be chaos and out of control and not quite know what the hell is going on and you get this very subdued like just boring like other than other than uh other than hank talking about wanting to see paula naked (laughs) (laughs) just very 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 to the point oh i want to see paula naked and maybe i spoke too soon about gene orkelin being a professional because uh the first thing he says to uh pamela not paula pamela is uh, is that a beaver coat (laughs) <laughs> because she's wearing this big fur coat. I guess she's in the bikini competition later, and she's covering up before the big uh, reveal. I guess. Good old Mean Gene. Yeah, I mean between that and then the and then the horseshit comment. Uh, you know, lots of checks and balances when it comes to content in WCW at this point. You could tell. I'm gonna guess Vince Russo was the booker still at this point. With if the whack packs involved, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so who is your favorite whack packer? What was your favorite part of the promo? Who's your favorite uh, go-to guy in terms of uh, stick work? Well, usually Beetlejuice is pretty entertaining to watch, but even he was subdued and boring. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I couldn't understand a word he said besides uh, like the first couple, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, high pitch eric did get in that it was his first time there yeah (laughs) want to make sure to get that across Uh, and uh of course fred the elephant boy a uh staple of the new jersey independence he was a longtime wrestling fan and uh we found out later on the howard stern show he was a noted pecker checker in the locker room (laughs) okay I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> uh, much like yourself, Michael. Much like yourself. <laughs> How dare you? I kept to myself. <laughs> and of course, we couldn't get away without uh, at least uh, some subtle racism, Brian, as Kevin Nash goes to walk away and he stops and goes to Beetlejuice and says, good to see you, Elix, as in Elix Skipper, who is a... Uh, oh, is that what he said? Yes, a, a shorter uh, African-American competitor at that time at WCW. Ah, uh, okay. Well, yeah, good stuff. Thanks, <laughs> Nash. <laughs> Big sexy. Doing his thing. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and not watch that uh, that era of WCW. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you guys out there, you didn't have to watch it. But if you want to, if you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right, Brian, we are back here next Monday for episode 164 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the brawler Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.